You're listening to a message from Excel Church. For more information about events and all that happens at Excel, visit www.excelchurch.com. Enjoy the message. Getting these movies, eh? Good to know that um, the armies of Israel spoke with a perfect Queen's English. Don't worry about this Philistine, David told Saul. I'll go fight him. Don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. There's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy and he's been a man of war since his youth. But David persisted. I've been taking care of my father's sheep and goats, he said. When a lion or a bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to death. I have done this to both lions and bears, and I'll do it to this pagan Philistine too, for he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. Saul finally consented. All right, go ahead, he said, and may the Lord be with you. Then Saul gave David his own armor, a bronze helmet and a coat of mail, and David put it on, strapped the sword over it, and took a step or two to see what it was like, for he had never worn such things before. I can't go in these... He protested to Saul, I'm not used to them. So David took them off again and he picked up five smooth stones from a stream and put them into his shepherd's bag. Then armed only with his shepherd's staff and sling, he started across the valley to fight the Philistine. Goliath walked out towards David with a shield bearer ahead of him, sneering in contempt at this ruddy-faced boy. Am I a dog, he roared at David, that you come at me with a stick? And he cursed David by the names of his gods. Come over here, and I'll give you flesh to the birds and wild animals, Goliath yelled. And David replied to the Philistine, You come to me with sword, spear, and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied today. The Lord will conquer you, and I will kill you and cut off your head. Then I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. And everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people, but not with sword and spear. This is the Lord's battle, and he will give you to us. As Goliath moved closer to attack, David quickly ran out to meet him. Reaching into his shepherd's bag and taking out a stone, he hurled it with his sling and hit the Philistine in the forehead and the stone sank in and Goliath stumbled and fell face down on the ground and so David triumphed over the Philistine with only a sling and a stone for he had no sword then David ran over and pulled Goliath's sword from its sheath and David used it to kill him and cut off his head we've been fighting lions and bears since the beginning of time and we all have the choice here in the end of 2019, in 2020, we still have the choice as to which voices we are going to listen to. Will we listen to the voice of Goliath across the valley? Goliath's voice as the voice of intimidation, the bully, the one who taunts us, the one who says that we're not good enough, the one that says we're a waste of space and that we'll never measure up. The voice of cynicism, the voice of suspicion. Will we listen to the voice of Saul, the king of Israel at the time, who had the voice of comparison and the voice of disqualification? He said to David, you don't have any work experience. 
You don't have any battle experience. You haven't been in the army. Compared to him, he's nine feet tall and you're just a boy. So you don't measure up. You are disqualified from this battle. You don't have any war experience. Or will we listen to the voice of the older brothers, the brothers of David, who on the field of war were as anxious as every other man, were as afraid as every other man, and yet despised David for even being there. And when David turned and said, I'll fight this man, looked down on him, the older brother of religion that reminds me of Luke chapter 15 when Jesus told the story of the father and the two sons. The older brother of religion has always reminded us that we aren't enough. That our mistakes mean that we'll never measure up. Reminds us of our past. Tries to keep us in the mire of sin. And reminds us of our shortcomings whilst remaining in fear. But David represents a different voice. David represents grace. In that in order to become who we are in Christ, then we have to turn away from the voices of religion, the voices of intimidation, the voices of the bully, the voices of comparison. And I want to pick out a few things this morning. Because I believe that God wants to release us and break us through into a new revelation, a new understanding as we come into a new year almost. How many people believe this has got to be the fastest year that's ever happened? Come on somebody, where did October go? October felt like a week. November feels like about three days. But as we go into this next year... I want you to go into this year with the right voices. I want you to find the right voice. I want you to listen to the voice of the Holy One as you go into 2020. David remembered his past successes intentionally. The title of my message this morning is Remember the Lion and the Bear. Remember the lion and the bear. David, when Saul questioned him and said, what on earth makes you think that you qualify to take down Goliath? David looked back intentionally at the tests and trials that had become the testimonies of his past, and in an intentional way, he used past tests to take him into his future. David was grateful for previous tests, because previous tests meant that if God was with me then, he will be with me now. If God came through for me then, if in that test, if in that stress, if in that time when I faced the lion and I faced the bear, if God brought me through then, then I can face whatever test comes up now 
and in the future. And he, he used that test to turn his heart towards the future. And so I want to challenge you and I want to encourage you this morning. Whatever you're facing today or whether we, whatever we face in 2020, we don't look back with a sense of I wish it was like it was in the old days. We look back with a sense of God used us, God helped us in the past. And we remind ourselves of those stories. Ten years it is next week since we moved into this building. Ten years. Look what God has done. Yes, there's been challenges, but we could all recount times of miracles. Both as a church and both as personally. Yes, we've been through some tough times. Yes, we've lost people that are dear to us. But we can look back and we can be grateful today. And we can say, great is your faithfulness to me. I will, I will feed upon your faithfulness. I choose to remember. Not because I want to stay in the past, but because I can use the past to win in the now and the future. Remember the lion and the bear. In the Psalms, there is the word selah. It means to pause and to reflect and to remember. I think it would be good of us in 2019 as we hurtle towards Christmas and the general election that in this next month we take some moments intentionally to pause, to reflect on the goodness of God, to give thanks to come to church, to praise God, to worship Him, to get in His presence, to read His Word, to connect with God, to be grateful, to, to take the time to connect with people. Yes, on social media, but also to look people in the eye and say, hey, I'm grateful for you today. Thankful for you. That at Christmas we take the time to love people face to face. Say, hey, I appreciate you. I'm grateful that you're in my life. Gratitude is a way of noticing the present. Did you know you survived 100% of your worst days? You're here this morning. You came through. So don't despise the lion and the bear experiences. They've been set up as an opportunity for you. An opportunity for you to grow. What are some lion and bear experiences for you? Maybe it's the sting of being rejected by your friends. Maybe it's the sting of loneliness this year. Maybe it's the, the challenge of health issues. Maybe it's the temptations that you've been facing to give in to a lifestyle of everyone around you. That everyone else is living in a way that doesn't be in keeping with following Jesus. And so you're tempted to be like everybody else. You just want to fit in. And to not live and to stand out for Jesus. And it's a test. And it's hard. And it makes you feel like you're on your own. But I want to encourage you. That even though the teacher is silent in the test. It doesn't mean that the teacher is not there. He is there. 
And in the times when the lion seems to be roaring over your life, God wants to help us to do what David did. I mean, come on. This guy is looking after sheep. No one's watching him. No one's filming it. No one's putting it live on Instagram. As far as we know, there's no one else there. He's looking after the sheep and a lion, not a cat, not even a dog, a lion chases after the sheep to take the sheep. Not about you, but I would have probably said, you know what, if I lose one or two today, it's a lion. I can live with that. Lose a couple of sheep. I am alive. I still have sheep at the end of the day. The lion has gone away happy. He's had a couple of sheep for his dinner. He's had roast lamb with mint sauce. We're all happy. This is a win-win situation. Yeah, I've lost a couple of sheep. Yeah, I've got to explain that to my dad when I get back. But you know what? At least I'll be protected. I'll be safe. No, David didn't do that. It says that David went after the lion, grabbed hold of its beard. Now, I don't know about you, but a lion's mouth is close to its beard. The hair of its chinny, chin, chin. There's a, ma- there's a big mouth, and in that mouth there are big teeth that can just about take a lamb down, but it can also take your arm off. He was in danger of death. But what does he do? He goes after the lion. He took a risk. Didn't have to do it. Could have said, hey, I've lost this one. I've lost the day. But his taking a risk, that seeming victory that we would go, oh my goodness. To him, it was a preparation. It was a test. It was something in front of you. And the thing that is in front of you now is preparation for the Goliath of the future. But you're going to take down the Goliath by taking down the lion now. He was alone. No one applauded him after he took down the lion. It was a private victory. No one was watching. No one is applauding. It was a private test. It was a character test. You see... Victory comes through our private victories, through our character tests, our choices, our decisions. When no one from church is there to help us, when we have choices to make, private victories help us with public opportunities. Because the lion and the bear experience is qualification for your victory over Goliath. David wasn't looking for Goliath, but because he took down the lion and the bear... Goliath appeared in his future, but he recognized the importance of the tests of his life when he tried on Saul's armor. So Saul is like, okay, I've got this kid in the youth group who wants to try and take on this massive giant. He's got no work experience, no war experience, so I'm going to help him. 
I'm going to give him my armor. Now, it says in the Bible that Saul was head and shoulders above everyone in Israel. So Goliath was nine feet tall. Okay, I'm six feet tall. So um, Goliath's nine feet. Saul was probably maybe my height, six feet or something like that. So I don't know how big David was, but Saul gives him his armor and he's like, if you're going to do this, you need to at least try out, use my armor. And it's interesting what David said. He said, hey, you know what? I can't walk in this. He tried to walk in it. He tried. He made an effort to take on someone else's identity, someone else's gifts, someone else's calling to imitate, to maybe try and be someone else. Hey, we've all done it. If only I could be like this person, if I could just be like that person, if I could, we compare. We're like, oh man, it must be easier for that person. If I only I had what that person had. But David recognized the importance of the tests in his life. He said, I can't walk in this. In one translation it says, it hasn't been tested. In other words, it's better to have a sling and a stone that is yours than to have body armor that is someone else's. Because it's better to be tested and to use the tests and the stress of your own unique walk with Christ than to try and be somebody else. Saul's voice was the voice that said, hey, you can do this, but you need to use this method. You need to be somebody else. You need to compare. Saul was an insecure man. And insecurity can plague us. Comparison can plague us, whether we're Christians or not. And David took a few steps in Saul's clothes. But Saul had a different anointing. He had a different path. Saul was insecure. And I want to encourage you today, the clothing of comparison and imitation will only take you so far. At some point, we have to win our own battles through our own revelation of God. Use our own weapons to defeat the enemy. But the good news is today, we're not on our own. This is how we fight our battles. When it looks like we're surrounded, we're surrounded by you. You're not on your own this morning, church. You may feel like you've just got a sling and a stone. You may feel like everything around you is desolate. You may feel like you're left with the leftovers, but I want to encourage you today, when it looks like you're surrounded, we're surrounded by the armies of the hosts of heaven. The resources of heaven are on your side. Jesus said, when you say yes, heaven says yes. When you come together in agreement, heaven is behind you. You have the keys of the kingdom in your hand. You have authority of, as a disciple of Jesus. Your clothes and your weapons may not seem very glamorous today. Your story, your everyday story with Jesus 
may not feel very glamorous today. It may be a while since you felt even the presence of God. Maybe it feels like you read the Bible and nothing seems to happen. You don't get any, any rainbows or stars. But it's your walk. It's your walk. And God wants to anoint your walk and your clothes for the weapons of your warfare are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds, the casting down of imaginations. And when the difference with with David and with Saul and with everyone else is that while Saul was running around trying to do things, David was worshipping. David was on the hillside saying, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not lack. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He restores my soul. He restores my soul. We can look to all kinds of things to restore our soul. He restores my soul. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. What happens is when we have our own unique walk, it may not all be glamorous, but what happens is our rod becomes his rod. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. You can't do anything unless you're tied, vitally connected in union with me. Your future fruitfulness is connected to your relationship with me. Your rod, your rod, and your staff, they comfort me. His rod becomes your rod. Your battle becomes his battle. The battle is the Lord, church. David was true to himself and who God had made him to be. And some of you today, some of us today are in lion and bear moments now. Maybe you're frustrated today that you're not seeing the victory that you want to see against Goliath. But don't despise the seemingly smaller tests. Don't despise what you have been given. David protected those sheep. He was faithful to those sheep. He stayed integrous and faithful to those sheep. I love this quote from Priscilla Shira. She said this, when David was anointed king, this is just before this happened, he went back to tending sheep. That holy meeting had just been his lunch break. I want a heart like this, willing and ready to serve God anywhere and everywhere. Not waiting on thrones and crowns, ignoring the sheep and fields before me today. You have sheep in front of you, you have fields that you're going to walk into tomorrow. They may not seem glamorous, But they're yours. They've been given to you by God. This is ministry. We're all called to ministry, church. David wasn't chosen because he was the elite. He was chosen because of his heart. And because of David's faith, everyone was set free. Because of your Victory in the lion and the bear moments when no one's watching. 
When no one's putting your victory on Facebook and Instagram and clapping and applauding you and even thanking you because of your private victory, other people can be set free. Can I hear an amen? Because you are being dedicated and faithful and holding the line for others. Others will be set free because of your investment into the next generation. Who knows how many thousands of people can be set free. Because we are giving a hamper out at Christmas. Because even in sometimes in our own lack, not our abundance, but in our own lack, because we are choosing to be generous, thousands of people can be set free. Because we choose to pray for somebody in the secret place and hold them up before God because we choose to connect with someone, to love someone, to forgive someone. That in the test, when we hold, when having done all to stand, we stand therefore with the breastplate of righteousness, the sword of the Spirit, the helmet of salvation, the belt of truth. Our shoes are ready in preparation to speak the gospel of peace because we're ready, because we maybe feel like we're being assaulted by the devil himself, because you're standing and having done all to stand, to withstand the enemy, because you have done that, other generations will applaud you in heaven and say thank you because you stood. David used the lion and the bear experience to prophesy into his future. The same God that helped me then will help me now. We can then fall in love with the future because we trust God with it. Corrie Ten Boom, who many of you will know the story of, younger people probably don't, but she was a Dutch lady who helped to um, hide her family, hid Jewish people in her house in occupied um, Holland in the Second World War. Because of that, her family were taken, and she was taken to Ravensbrück concentration camp where her sister died. Later in her life, she said this. She said, today I know that such memories are the key, not to the past, but to the future. I know that the experiences of our lives, when we let God use them, become the mysterious and perfect preparation For the work he will give us to do. Incredible. She said this. She said, if you look at the world, you'll be distressed. If you look within, you'll be depressed. But if you look at Christ, you'll be at rest. Don't let Goliath become bigger than he is. He may be the barrier to your future. But I want you to remember the lion and the bear. Today, throughout the day, throughout this season, take time to think and to thank. Thank God for what he's brought you through. Trust in the Lord and feed on his faithfulness. Appreciate the tests that are happening now, that are part of your training for future reigning. Because the lion and the bear prepares us. The lion and the bear tests us. The lion and the bear shows us what's worth fighting for. And the lion and the bear are the catalyst for future Goliaths to be defeated.
Colossians chapter 3 verse 15 says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him.